Hello, welcome to the Roll Together podcast. Thank you for joining us for these podcast versions of our streamed shows from Twitch. You can always find our schedule of upcoming shows at twitch.tv slash RollTogetherRPG slash schedule. Please do leave a review and we look forward to adventuring together. Welcome peasants, fans, nemeses, and bewildered bystanders to Talking is a Free Action. As you all know by now, my name is The Fae, and I represent the Question Masters. As you must know by now, we are the multiverse's omniscient higher beings, insatiable in our quest for knowledge. And so as a completely rational part of that, we kidnap people from the material plane. Um, I hope you will join me in welcoming a new guest to my villa of veracity, the mortal known as Wesley. Now, Wesley, dear, we're just going to chat and maybe try a few challenges um and i just want to find out what's in that lovely lovely head of yours now i also have a suspicion that this lovely wesley is one of a few people across the material plane connected to a higher being known as joe um and so hopefully through navigating my nightmarish i mean delightful dungeons rooms um we will get to speak to this joe as well so wesley my love are you ready to be challenged Absolutely. Is that it? No begging, pleading for your life. Goodness, what is this happening? Existential oh, questions sorry, was, about your soul. Was that well, what you were expecting? Well, the last one. I can do that very well if you need, but honestly, it's been a, a bit of a busy evening already. I'm... This is this. No, this is a relief. The last one. He was well. One can only describe him as a puppet, and he just sort of looked very defeated and started making bargains with the different voices in his head and he was all just a little That does sound concerned. really. Well, I'll try and avoid that. Oh, good. I do like it when you're more fun. Anyway, before we begin your trials, I have been provided with some important people to thank. Um, it turns out we have, again, for unknown reasons, been generously sponsored by the entities known as Hero Forge, Ultra Pro, Alchemy RPG, and Phoenix Dice, and then supported by the wonderful Idol Champions Neverwinter and Elderwood Academy. And if we had hearts, we would have a particular place for them, for our audience members known as the D20 Club, our lovely dice heads. They have perpetually earned a place in our good books, and if you want to be wise and stay on my good side, you can join them by supporting us on Patreon. If you can't join us here right now in the Villa of Veracity, why? But I suppose you could always listen on your favourite podcasting app by searching for Roll Together RPG. And if you did want to engage with us further in a digital social fashion, you can find us under most social media locations with the same tag, Roll Together RPG. Now that's quite enough admin. Wesley, 
Over the next 55 minutes or so, you will traverse my villa, explore all my lovely little challenges, and remember, talking is a free action. At any point, if you decide you can't possibly cope with the teensy-weensy tiny little challenges I'm throwing at you, you can always remember that talking is a free action and choose to introduce me to this Joe and have a conversation and share some of that delicious knowledge in your head. And at the end of this hour, I'm not allowed to keep you unless you are great fun or very unfortunate and you will be safely returned to whatever sad corner of the material plane I plucked you from. Does that all make sense? Mm, it's quite a nice boat, really. Looking forward to getting back to it. Really? Do you know what's wrong with my villa? Oh, nothing. Just, you know, wouldn't want to stay here. Why? It's not a boat. There's all sorts of exciting stuff going on back home. Looking forward to getting back to it. It could be a boat. You did say it would only take 50 minutes. I said 55. You weren't listening. Close enough. It could be a boat. It could be a boat if I wanted it to be a boat. I'm sure I could, but it's not right now. Well, that's what you think. Go through that door. As you wish. The um, door in front of you, you are in this foyer and the Fae has just flounced out the door in front of you. Could you roll me such thing as a D100 if you have it about your person? Uh, I can manage that. That's good. Uh, ooh, 77. 77. That's all the way down here. Ooh. Um, you see in front of you a door in the wall that is solid wood, a few carvings, but they seem more decorative than arcane, and a nice sturdy looking brass ring handle. Would you like to go through the door? Absolutely. Good. Um, you see a dark doorway. Do you step in? Yeah, I reckon so. Excellent. As soon as you set foot into the room, there is a whoosh and you rise up. Now you are in a net dangling from the ceiling and below you, you can hear chittering. Interesting. Um, yes, I thought so. Just, yeah, reach for a little bit of storm energy. Just let some lightning crackle along my fingertips. Just light things up a bit, see what I can see. Ah. Um, looking around you, you can see you are dangling from the ceiling, but you're still not... It's, it's a low ceiling and you're dangling quite a long way down, so you're only a few feet off the floor. Um, around you, there are flashes of small furry movement and before too long several of them dart properly into the light. They are small fuzzy creatures. They have very cute little hoods. They would be really quite endearing if it wasn't for the very large hooked spears they have in their hand and the rather suspiciously looking campfire they are starting to create directly underneath you. Interesting. Um, do I see any exits from this area other than the door I came in through? Um, how generous am I feeling? Yes, you do. 
Um, across the ceiling, dangling, um, yeah, set across the room from you, but still in the ceiling from your dangling position, you can in fact see what looks rather a lot like a trapdoor. Good to know. Um, I think this is possibly the first time I've used it, but I will go fishing in the pockets of my coat, pull out a long... You are t- quite quite wrapped up in a net. How precisely are you going to reach into the pockets of your coat? I'll attempt to reach into the pockets of my mm. coat. What is there anything you would like to do to aid your contortions? I mean, I'll give it a go. If it's not working, I will just use Mage Hand to get the dagger for me. Okay. Well, that's boring, so let's assume you can reach the dagger. Great. Uh, and then, yeah, see if I can cut my way out of this net. Um, let's see. Uh, how, how good are you with the dagger, Wesley? I mean, not spectacular, but I know one end from the other. That that'll do um well yeah i rolled the net a two so it's really not very well made and it does incredibly quickly with just a few did you saw it with your dagger do you try and hold it and cut yeah just sawing enough of a gap to get out of with a few brief soaring motions you the net unravels remarkably shoddily and drops you rather ungainlily. Um how dexterous are you, Wesley? Um approximately fourteen dexterous. <coughs> okay. Okay, do you have a D twenty about your person? I do. Do you want to roll it for me? Don't add anything. Just tell me what you get. Six. Hmm. You have a very nice red leather coat on, don't you? I do. That's now somewhat singed as you do rather land on top of the newly lit campfire. Yeah, I figured that was a risk. Um, great. I will stand up, uh, brush myself off a little bit, uh, click my heels together and take off into the air. And your ruby slippers take you all the way home? Uh, up to the trapdoor, at least. What 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 is special about your heels? Uh, they're winged boots specifically. This is good to know. Just checking, you know, wasn't <laughs> um, interesting. Uh, the small, very cute, hooded, hooked, speared entities don't seem to want to let you go, and they do grab onto you. I think less. You don't have to worry so much about their strength. They are very small, but they are so cute. <laughs> Do you, Wesley, have the hardness of heart to pull yourselves away from the incredibly adorable small fluffy things that maybe want to cook and eat you? I will once more just let a little bit of lightning crackle along my fingertips, just as a back off. Very nice. You, um, they look very cross, but they don't have the ability to hold on to you and you manage to resist their adorable cannibalistic wiles and fly your way up to the trapdoor. Yeah. Uh, before going through it, I will take a few moments, just, you know, mending, prestidigitation, clean my coat up, <laughs> and then continue. Um, you hear from next to you, you could have sworn you were not, you're in, on your own in the air up here, but from right next to you, you hear the Fae's voice go, you know, it does magically reset every room that you go into, but it's good to know you're a dandy. Well... Have to look stylish while going through a villa of rusty, surely. Well, it's not a boat, so I didn't know you cared. Maybe a little. Better. 
Would you like to go through the trapdoor? Or would you like to attempt to go through the trapdoor? I'll attempt to go through. Are you, are you at all strong, Wesley? I'm really not, no. Interesting, because it is a push up. Hmm. Um, do you have anything to aid your um, pushing a very thin sheet of wood a couple of inches up in the air? Um, yeah, I will cast Enlarge on myself. Ooh, very nice. Um didn't tell you how big the trapdoor <laughs> but Wesley's not a very large man is he no indeed not I could always you know get it open shrink myself again <laughs> things are gonna reset anyway let us draw a veil over the precise <laughs> dimensions and um, upper body strength required and suffice it to say that you do in fact get the trapdoor lifted and get yourself pulled up and through we're having great fun in the uh, with Malagak, who is uh, a bugbear and thus can fit into any small space, but occasionally is enlarged by either himself or me, or sometimes both, meaning he is a huge creature fitting into a small box. It's a beautiful thing. I very much enjoyed in the first episode you asking if he wanted a larger stage presence. <laughs> <laughs> and there you go, well, there you are bigger. But yes, large creature, small box is delightful. Um... However, you don't escape that easily by distracting me with interesting facts about the campaign. Would you like to roll me another D100? Absolutely. Correct. Uh, 26. Ooh, we're down back this end. 26. Ooh. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, Wesley. Um, You... Pull yourself out of this trapdoor and then suddenly blink because you were sure you were inside a villa and it was all a bit dark and foreboding and there was far too many mirrors just everywhere. Um, but suddenly you are on a street, quite a bustling, cheerful market street. You appear to have maybe pulled yourself out of a manhole cover, but don't you worry, there is no, after all your press digitating and mending, there is no lingering sewage anywhere. Um, there is a cart just up ahead of you, um, selling the best ice creams you have ever seen in your life. Um, they're delicious. You are sure in your soul that there is no catch with this. Um, would you like an ice cream? Absolutely. I will definitely go and buy, yeah. What flavour would you like? Honeycomb. Honeycomb. Um, the very cheerful looking ice cream vendor hands you an enormous honeycomb ice cream that is about as big as your head. Um, and, you know, cinder toffee over the top. It is magnificent. And for some reason, doesn't seem to expect any payment whatsoever. It's almost like they were just setting up a plot device. And you turn and wend your merry way along this marketplace when... Your beautiful, wonderful ice cream. The best ice cream you've ever seen in the world. The most wonderful ice cream that you were so excited to have to reward you from your very terrible experience of nearly being barbecued is whipped out of your hand and it's gone. Any indication of who or what whipped it out of my hand? Yes. Standing seven feet away from you is a very sweet, small gnome child for the sake of no reason at all let's assume she has fun buns um the ice cream is about as big as her arm 
and she is holding it and laughing at you. I mean, if you wanted ice cream, there's a card just back there which is seemingly giving them away for free. I wanted this one. It's mine now. I will cast Mage Hand and attempt to take it back. But it's my ice cream! Um, can you just roll me a d20? Sure. Six again. Well, that's lower than me. Um, this small child seems to have some kind who knows how, why in this random setting, have control over fire. Um, and a small waxy figure suddenly blocks your mage hand and um, pins it to the ground like one would thing in the Adams family. That was mean. So it's taking somebody's ice cream. But I wanted it. It looked really nice and it's my ice cream now and you tried to take my ice cream, which you just said was mean. I wanted it and it looked really nice. Well, I'm clearly better than you at taking ice cream. So it's fine now. Valid. Valid. Do I suppose you catch Sherrod? No. Because right now I have one whole ice cream. And if I shared it, I would only have half an ice cream. And if I said I shared it and gave it to you, you might just take it back and run away because your legs are longer than mine. It's plausible. I wasn't planning on it, but now that you've suggested it, it does sound like a good plan. Your coat makes it look like you were mean, and so I think you would do mean things like steal a small child's ice cream. I think it's a very nice coat. Yeah, but it suggests that you think you're great. I am, though. Yeah, it's my ice cream. You can be great, but I have an ice cream. Bye. Are you quite sure you don't want to share it? Yeah. I'll cast suggestion on her. <sighs> um... Hmm. She does have an extraordinarily high wisdom, this character I've just plucked from nowhere. Um, you did magic. That's mean. So did you. It's oh, not mean in and of itself. I didn't do magic. I just suggested that my friend wanted to... Why do you want this ice cream? So you're putting Why? your friend in the position of having to do mean things for you. No, he likes to. Um... Why? Why do you deserve this ice cream? No, I'm not suggesting I do. I just said I wanted it. But I deserve this ice cream. If do you? you? Can, like, if you can tell me why I should share it with you, because I've had quite a difficult day accidentally breaking things and getting told off. So I want an ice cream to feel better. And if you also want an ice cream to feel better, then maybe I could give it back or we could share it. But if you just want it because you think your great and life is great, then you should get ice cream. Then I think I should have your ice cream. Well, I mean, that has been a rather difficult day, and I did just nearly get burned to death and then eaten. What happened in so your... So I was looking forward to the ice cream. What happened in your difficult day? Oh, you know, the usual. was having a very nice voyage, was on a boat, and then there were I slime like monsters everywhere trying to attack us. Oh. It was a little problematic. I got attacked by monsters on a boat once. Someone hmm. died. That's unfortunate. Did any of you die? No. No, we all oh. stayed alive. You must be better at fighting than me. Plausible. Oh. 
Would you would you teach me some of your fighting if I gave you your ice cream back? Sure, that sounds like a good deal. Well, you really though? Do you promise? Yes. Um, she looks at you. She then sticks out her tongue and takes a huge lick from the top and goes, "It's called tax," and then gives it back. Nice. So, what do you want to learn? Um, what skills do you have that you could offer to teach this young, nameless gnome child? Given that she... Can you teleport? Um, if my friend holds on to me, then he can jump us a few feet, but not very far and not very often. Interesting. How about other people? Can you teleport them? Or is that again a thing your friend does? My friend does it. I see. Would you like to learn another way? Or I can offer you something else if you'd rather. No, another way is good, because my friend doesn't my friend can get tired and then not come out again for the rest of the day. Cool. This is a fun one. Um what's the what's the scenery like? You said there's we're in a market. Yeah, um let's imagine yourself your absolute ye oldy medieval town market. Um, so cobbled streets. This isn't real medieval, but you know what BBC One drama thinks medieval mm. looks like. Naturally. So cobbled streets, big high-wheeled carts being pulled along laden with produce, cheerfully striped tents with those little long flags on top, um, and obviously impossibly long and thin trumpets being played from high castle walls. Nice. We're in BBC One's Robin Hood. Amazing. Um... Yeah, I will find a an awning or something that's not too high off the ground uh, and cast Vortex Warp to teleport this mysterious gnome child, whose name I definitely don't know, up to the top of it. <gasps> what does it look like, your Vortex Warp? Um, once again, the lightning will just crackle down the fingertips and then just start swirling in this disc of energy at gnome child's feet which will then open up and she will just drop through it and land on top of this awning in once more a little bit of a burst of energy that was so exciting because i was falling down but then i went up and now i'm up here that's so oh how do you do that i will endeavor to teach her how to cast it um despite wesley's best efforts she's maybe a little too um excited by falling through the floor and Fair. ice cream and she definitely grasps a little great there is um, a better understanding of how your magic might be different from hers mm -hmm. and some more spatial awareness than she had before That's fun. um sadly she has not gained a level in sorcerer it's <laughs> probably a good thing all things considered i am sad about it but. <laughs> Um, brilliant. Um, you, you set your, you do your best teaching. Um, you set your happy, tired pupil on her way. I reckon so. Uh, what do you do? Um, finish the ice cream for starters mm. and have a wander through the market. See what I find. It would be so nice if you were able to finish your ice cream. But, um... As you sit and as it you know gets closer and closer, suddenly you are back in the phase foyer and she looks 
disgusted. I don't know. Last time I get a sobbing, whimpering mess with a sad childhood, and now you're playing with children? Well, you know, she seemed to be having a good time. I at least got some of the ice cream outfit, so so seems like a win-win. Cheerful and hopeful and kind. I was really looking forward to seeing you blast her into a million pieces with your lightning. You've disappointed me. Yes, I tend not to do that unless I've got a, well, a reason to. Oh, not good enough. Um, I don't want to talk to you for a while. I think, I think, um, I, I want to talk to your higher being and hopefully he will be a lot more bloodthirsty and horrible than you. Um, hi, Joe. Hello. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm good. Are you having fun? Always. This is good. Um, yes, I am pleased. Um, this, for for those who do not know you, because you're relatively new to roll together, which is very exciting. Um, who are you? What are you doing here? What, what, why? Um, hello, I'm Joe. I enjoy playing D&D. And so I am doing some of that. <laughs> Reason. Were you expecting more than that? <laughs> Not really, to be honest. Um, I'll take it. So you're currently playing Wesley in a distorted revelation. We're Indeed. halfway through at the moment. How is that? Because you've done a couple of one-shots for all together. This is your first slightly longer campaign. How are you fun? I have. It's it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, it's, it's nice to be able to play with a character that has a little bit more depth than a chaotic mess of nonsense thrown together for a one-shot. What are uh, you saying? When I mean, I all my characters for your one-shots were perfectly fleshed out with incredibly long backstories and motivations behind everything they were doing. Thank you. When I put together one-shots, I demand the highest of artistic integrity, mm-hmm. seriousness, yep. and method. Mm. I'm sure. That's anyway. why I was pretending to be a centaur around the house for two weeks. <laughs> what you were doing I got ever so confused so was it not obvious I thought well, you had the clip popping yeah yeah a set of coconut shells everywhere we went yeah, I was having a great time yes you were <laughs> um, so Wesley is a little more fleshed out you say than your slightly silly one shot characters that sounds intriguing are there things we do not yet know about him that I we would like to know I mean, there's there's a few that that people are starting to pick up on. Uh, the party the party have some high insight roles, so they yeah they've been having fun with that. Um, yeah, we'll see we'll see how long Wesley manages to hold on to uh, some any of his secrets. It's, yeah, because we know you have a mark, and we don't know why. And I want to know, and you won't tell me, which is really unfair of you. Pretty much. <laughs> um. How is it playing a streamed campaign versus because you've played home campaigns for many, many years now? Um, yeah, what's different? What's the same? I mean, I think the big thing is, with no disrespect to any of the many wonderful people I have played home games with over the years, um, it's just kind of consistently all three games now that I've played on Roll Together have just been a really, really good cast of people who are yeah, know what they're doing and are really excited about coming together and telling a great story and are all bringing their own, yeah, unique and brilliant things to that. And it's just really fun to be a part of. Um, yeah, I think kind of the shift of, yeah, the shift of view from, yeah, we're just messing around and having a fun, fun in a home game to we're trying to create something performance worthy here does just mean that everyone, yeah, takes it up a notch and it's pretty great to be a part of. 
Fair. I think it's safe to say we have played separately and together in some excellent home games. Indeed. But yes, you're right. If there is a camera on, <laughs> then suddenly they're like, I'm just going to play on my phone for half an hour because less of an option. Yep. Um, this is not in any way to say that all stream games are better than all home games or that our stream games are better than your home games. Just, yes, streaming is an extra dimension that is really fun if you get to do it. Indeed. Um, I could just talk to you for a very long time. Weirdly, I don't know why we have stuff to talk about, Joe. Um, we barely know each other. Yeah, but I should probably roll the dice. Now, you've got all the fun of rolling the D100 so far, so I want to this Bam. time. Ooh, and we are up here with a 60. Now, this is a Tom question, which I'm going to ask out of respect for the system and the dice rolls. And for Tom? <sighs> no respect for Tom. <laughs> no, I have a lot. Tom is wonderful, but I have no respect for him for this question. <laughs> um, so good luck. Joseph, who watches The Watchmen? The Watchmen Watchers. Ah, who are the Watchmen Watchers? It's a great question. May well meet them at some point. They feel right. like the sort of thing that would come up in a reasonably obscure D&D campaign. Well, they're probably gate crashes. Probably. Sounds plausible. Who watches the gate crash? Who crashes the gate? Who shall, made shall the gate? again? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. We love you. <laughs> it could be horribly... Um, maligning him and it actually was a nat question but i am really quite <laughs> confident it was a tom question oh this was a 42 joe if all of your characters had to fight each other who would win we're we talking just roll together characters oh. um given you have one actually optimized character and two ridiculous D and D uh, one shot characters. Let's as long as you can tell us about them in enough detail to be interesting, rather than just oh this home game character. Full stop. Sure. Um, then yeah, knock yourself out. Um, I mean, I mean, firstly, an honourable mention does have to be put in for Rudolph. There is a non-negligible chance that just summoning eight reindeer would be enough to carry that fight. But... Oh, beautiful, Rudolph the thread-nosed and his reindeer. Absolutely. Then turned into. Eight reindeer. That's great. That's oh, great. That was wonderful. And you weren't that high level. You were level eight. Eight or nine. So yeah, not not atrocious, but. <clears throat> but yes, oh, it was gorgeous. Um, okay, so Rudolph could could whisk us all away with Christmassy magic. Um, anyone who could be yeah, him. actual actual winner um, was yeah one of yeah one of the earlier characters I played. Um, Sort of my my main character went on hiatus for a few weeks, and so I I briefly cameoed as uh, who was a Gith Yankee psionic monk. Um, this was yeah this was this was fairly early on in my D and D life where I sort of just discovered the joys of min maxing, <laughs> and it was about the most disgustingly over optimized character I have ever or will ever build. Um, wiped the floor with literally everything the DM threw at us for about three sessions. Um, and then by that stage, I was a bit bored. And probably so was everyone else, to be fair. So that character went away and has never come back. Tell us everything about the, that you remember about the min-maxing. What made them so ridiculously great? I mean, they were pretty commonly running around with an AC of over 30. Um, How? As a monk? Yeah, a monk with some other stuff going on. There was, yeah... 
Um, and yeah, we're just, I mean, as most monks are, to be fair, capable of dealing a lot of damage, but... Monks yeah. are great. They are. They're a lot of fun. Amazing. What level were you? Not that high. Yeah. Eight or nine. I love playing in a high-level party, but yeah, if you protagonist too hard because your character's just optimised better than everyone else's, it can get a bit rubbish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, the rest of the time I was playing a very silly uh, character in much more of a supporting role, which was a lot more fun. It is fun to be able to pop out and smash things sometimes, though. I do like this because I always roll so annoyingly well. With <laughs> yeah. that, I what? do like the idea of dumping one. Um Chris is very keen that it's always so much more fun to play if you have a weakness, if yeah, you have definitely. a flaw. They obviously never insist on it because that would be mean. But I think they're completely right that getting to be so bad at one of the key stats in a way that you find entertaining and won't just make you really frustrated the whole game is yeah. very good. Um, Min-maxing, because you started with computer games before you ever played D&D, right? Yes. Yeah, very much so. Um yeah, I guess more kind of through board games than computer games, but one of sort of the, yeah, the group of people who, yeah, we regularly hang out and play board games together uh, suggested that we try D&D and everybody really liked it. Um, and yeah, with that group of people, it, yeah, did start off. And it was not that dissimilar from a board game with, yeah, much more focus on the sort of strategy and mathematics and, yeah, gamified elements of it. Um, but yeah. It's one of the nice things about getting to play with a different bunch of people and spending a lot more focus on the role-playing side. Yes, some of us aren't mathematicians. It's what? very exciting. <laughs> um, yeah, fair. Would Do you think it's a different introduction to the game having come from the board game, computer game, and kind of optimising side rather than my introduction, which was I run around and do silly voices and tell stories and I can do that with some maths now. Um, obviously, they are very different. Um, do you think it affects how you see the game, how you play the game? Does it matter? I don't think it matters too much. And like for, I guess one of the things that, you know, first captured my in- interest was that, yeah, it wasn't just a board game where, you know, you roll some dice and add some numbers up and do some thinking like it is so much more than that. It was always... Yeah, kind of straight away, I think the closest analogy was, you know, the imaginative games you play as a child. Yeah. It's a way of rediscovering the fun and joy of those as an adult. But yeah, with some boundaries in place to make sure you're not just spouting complete nonsense all the time. Um, yeah, I guess I... Yeah, you know, if you asked me certainly now what D&D was, I'd always start talking about it from that perspective rather than trying to introduce it as a board game. There's a... Yeah. Uh, one of the kids, which you all know well at our youth group, um, keeps trying to compare various board games we played to Dungeons and Dragons, and it's always like a yes, but also no in so oh, many ways. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're missing the point so badly. But said kid loves both board games and D and D very much. That's great. Yes. Um, I was chatting to another teenager just yesterday who was telling me that they've started playing D&D in their English, their like year 10 English class, no year cool. 9 English class, um, as a way to start really like detailed imagining settings and characters and scenarios and all that kind of thing. The teacher apparently loves D&D and um, basically went, you have to get this bit of treasure, but got all of them to creatively decide what was in the room and how they solved it and 
this particular young person was telling me, well, I was the one with the light orb, so I got pushed in first and then a trap <laughs> went off. It's brilliant that, yes. But yes, I've heard it argued for very persuasively in class- classrooms in maths and English lessons, so. Yeah, no, it's a, yeah, absolutely. I think in, in that particular context, like such a great way into, yeah, the ideas of creative writing and being able to take, you know, your imagination and get that down in some format that other people can engage with and enjoy. It's is good he's great so not wesley wesley would not win no no he wouldn't wesley, i'm sure he'd, he'd be very confident but but no compared to um oh, your midsummer night's dream character who definitely wasn't bottom the weaver william william um all the way up to bless you um where, do, where does wesley fit pretty low down he, he'd beat william possibly not any others but he can do lightning and stuff, and he has a great... Yeah. yeah. I mean... Yeah. <laughs> <It's fair. laughs> no. what are his, what, so if not brawling, what are Wesley's key strengths? I mean, he's he's built quite a lot around, I guess, two aspects. One is the, yeah, kind of high seas, middle of a storm, flying around and throwing lightning around. Oh, sorry, which you, is, are you on a boat? Yeah, maybe. Might, yeah. Might, have mentioned, might have mentioned something about it. Um, and yeah, the other one is the much more stealthy, let's creep around invisibly and throw subtle spells around and be very sneaky about things. And yeah, kind of the, the two coming together is, is a nice balance. Um, yeah, he's, he's a lot of fun for, yeah, what he has built for. But yes, by no means... No means necessarily able to hold his own particularly well in a fight with. Fair. So if we caveated the question and said, who would win in a fight in the air, at sea, in a storm, then it might be Wesley? Still not Wesley. Still not Wesley. <laughs> 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 what you're saying is Wesley is naff. Yeah, but he's a lot of fun. <laughs> he's a lot of fun and he tries very hard. Does he? <laughs> is that true? No. Um... <laughs> This is the point where I would normally throw you back into Villa Veresti, but as you are new and this is the first time we've ever had to interview you, do you mind if I ask you another question? Go for it. I will roll that dose. Oh no, I've turned into that person. <laughs> Good job. Um, great. Um, again, this is going to really speak to the core of your soul, mm-hmm. Joe. Um, is it? Very emotional and difficult. Yep. What is your favourite snack? Bacon? No, not not bacon. Um, Why not bacon? Most things chocolate based, to be honest. You're pretty good. I was I was nibbling on some matchmakers through one of the ones we filmed earlier. They were great. Nice. You do make the best millionaire shortbread anyone has ever made. Bold also play, a very good but option. But I stand by it. Thanks. Um, cool. Again, I'm going to roll again because yeah, again, that you, was, do you not feel that satisfied? You? I just feel underwhelmed, Joe, mm. by your conversation. <laughs> Gee, thanks. <laughs> um, this is one of our old questions, which is Ooh. great because we haven't had you on before, so I could ask you this. Um, what is your favourite character class? Bard. Any really? day of the week. Yeah. Not a wizard. <sighs> I mean... Because you are a real-life wizard. wizard. Wizard is a very close second, but yeah, the, the whole idea of Bard's just being, yeah, a character who strolls around and wins battles through stories and songs and talking to people is yeah is so much fun and is yeah 
sufficiently distinct from what I do on in day to day life to be, yeah, to have the wonderful fantasy element as well. Um, yeah, like mechanically, you know, I'm a big fan of their versatility. You know, you can play them in so many different ways, and that's a lot of fun. But yeah, just as a concept, and yeah somebody strolling around with a loot being able to hold their own with all these wizards and sorcerers and monks and everything is just pretty spectacular that is very cool um how 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 often do you play bards do you have several do you have a favorite uh i i have a favorite uh i i have yes uh probably my definitely my my favorite all-time Indie character um, as, as a halfling bard named Finbar Westwillow, who you have met a couple of times in, in various campaigns. Um, he has a very silly hat. He has a very silly hat, and yeah, is is a lot of fun to play. And yes, is is by no means you know the protagonisty frontliner, but yeah, has a whole bunch of tricks up his sleeve and just a generally great approach to life, the universe, and everything. Um, and yeah, I played him in. A couple of home games at various different points. He's made cameos in others when I've been DMing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not playing him at the moment. It's very upsetting. Um, have to remedy that. Absolutely. Uh, and then, yeah, I think that's yes. Other than our, uh, <laughs> other than William in the one shot, uh, I think he is the only bard I've ever played. Because so I would struggle to make another one without being like, this is just less good than a Finbar. Yeah, but maybe at some point. Problem when you make a character that you very much love. Is Finbar a law bard? Yes, yeah. They are kind of the best. Yeah. Like, there are many things to be said for many of the other types of bard, but law bards are just so <laughs> good. Yeah, we'll see. If I if I keep playing with... Uh, yes, keep playing for long enough. I'm sure I'll sure I'll come up with some others at some point. And you have a bard in your current party, don't you? Orica, and am I right that she, rather than doing the more traditional singing, she makes tapestries of things? Was that what? Was that correct? Great question. Um, yes, she has. Yeah, she has been theming her magic around lots of weaving things and balls of string and lots of fun imagery with that. Um, yeah, Liz is Liz is doing a great job of playing her. It's been a lot of fun. This makes me so happy because when Lola joined Roll Together a while ago now, I had the privilege of interviewing them on Talk Together and they were talking about bards and how great they were. And they um, have an amazing business and artist creation thing. I don't understand. I can't, you know, create things with my hand to save my life. But using yarn and knitting and all that kind of thing. And they were talking about if they create any type of character it would be a yarn bard and kind of went, gosh, that's awesome and never thought about it again. And then suddenly to have tuned into the start of Distorted Revelation and there is Liz playing a yarn bard. Oh, it's it's very nice to see. I hope Lola is watching and enjoying. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, never yeah, She is also doing a lot of a lot of music. Um, it's not, not a one-trick pony yarning, but yes, it, yeah. it's been adding a fun twist to it. Yes. Um, Liz is a player. They always find a way to surprise and amaze. It is great fun to watch. Um, they are great. <laughs> but yes, that whole party is great fun. I could just sit here rhapsodizing about how great we <laughs> all are, um, but probably should maybe, yeah, it's time um, back into the Villa of Veracity. Oh. 
Um, Wesley, you are falling. You are just falling. Um, and I'll tell you what kind of space you are falling through if you roll me a d100, please. Uh, 72 this time. 72? We are bouncing around the 70s quite a lot. Did you borrow my dice? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I like this one. Um, you fall uh, through a beautiful bright blue sky. Um, with fluffy, fluffy clouds, a gentle breeze, um, and then you land with a bump. Your fall is broken by a rather large cowpat. You feel that maybe the Fae is still annoyed with you for, you know, being a fundamentally decent human being and not hurting a child. Um, you're in a field. Okay. I will... Clean the cowpat off, first things first. Look around and then... So, you just wanted me to be in a field for a bit, or is there something I'm meant to be doing here? Um, something catches your eye, um, just over your shoulder, um, but not too far away. It looks like a sort of chalkboard easel um, up in the field, maybe with some very gold, swirly writing on it. I'll have a wander over. Hmm. It eats you. No, um, as you get close enough to read it, it says in overly embellished handwriting, there are 30 cows in a field and 28 chickens. How many didn't? Ten? anyone has got this riddle before for the viewers at home really? <laughs> could you please explain to me why this was the correct answer if if 20 of the cows performed the action of eating a chicken then 10 of them did not do that therefore 10 did not oh this is it's such a silly, silly, silly room. And also, now you have solved it, I can swap this riddle out for a different one. Amazing. Which also, please... Sorry, if I know that was a difficult riddle, I would have made Wesley fail to answer it, because he's not particularly intelligent, but... I think it's like all riddles. They're difficult when you can't work them out. Fair. And if you can see them or you've heard them before, they're the easiest thing in the world. Um, amazing. Um, you hear a very begrudging sort of, oh, well done. <laughs> um, and the... Thank you. I am to impress. Um, you were sure it was an easel, but now it seems to be a chalkboard door suspended in space. Would you like to go through it? I'll have a look through this time, just to check I'm not stepping into any cowpats or campfires. Why don't you roll me a d100 and I'll tell you. Uh, we're back down to the 20s. That is a 20 flat. <coughs> Cowpat on fire. Um, what? Ba-da-ba-da... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Okay, um, that's another maths puzzle, and you just know the answer to that one already as well. That's very boring. Do you want to roll me again? Uh, ooh, 99. My goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, As you peer through, it's a very dark room. You just can't see. Um, yeah, I'll just light up one of my hands again. Um, you see 
a room full of various keys. They hang on pegs, they pile on the floor, there is thread woven across the room with keys suspended from it. Um, they're blue tacked, fantasy blue tack, to the walls. They dangle on hooks from the ceiling. There are lots in a pile in the middle of the room. Um, on the other side of the room, there is a door. It's a cute door. It's sort of painted very pastel pink and has little white curlicues um, and very, very polished stained glass um, window. And at the side of, um, and in front of the door, there is a map that reads, bless this mess. Would you like to enter? Nice. If I try the door, is it locked? The door's on the other side of the room. Have you entered? Oh, sorry. Yes, I will. I will enter the. I will enter the room of keys. You will enter <clears> the room of keys. Um, if you wade your way through the blessed mess um, and try the door handle, um, roll me. No, uh, it's <laughs> locked. Seems reasonable. Um, can I see any similarly cutesy keys? Maybe looking for some with a heart-shaped end, nice little ribbon tied on them, some key tag with an inspirational quote on. I don't know, can you? How are you? How are you going to look for this key? If I just have a quick glance around the room, do I see anything? Um, there is a jar on a very beribboned dresser that seems quite pastel. Yeah, I'll have a look in there. Why not? Um, there are lots of keys. Lots of them? Yeah, there's about... 16 keys. 16. I'm not going to try 16 keys. Um, oh, you could. I could. But I hear that talking is a free action. Really? Okay. Wimp. <laughs> uh, we shall. Hello, Joe. You're not. Hello. I also wouldn't want to spend a very long time looking in an incredibly yeah. pastel room for a key. Um, nope, I was about to give you another dungeon. I should give you a question. <laughs> yeah, please, please don't. Would you like a silly one or, you know, like who watched The Watchmen or a very serious one? Like, what is your favourite snack? Um, we've had, a, we've had a couple of silly ones, so let's, let's go for a serious again. Oh, we're going for profound. Well, the dice have... So profound. The dice have obeyed, um, which is... How much do you like to bring real-world experiences into your game? I feel like it's something I think about a lot more as a DM than I do as a player. I guess as a DM, I'm a lot more focused on, yeah, the story I'm telling, the message I'm bringing to the players through the game in general. And yeah, I want to make sure that that's something that, you know, while it doesn't always have to be a, you know, massively positive or, you know, cheerful one, it's something that I at least engage with. And yeah, if challenged on it, it would be like, yeah, actually, that's a story I am interested in telling. Um, I think the, yeah, I guess a similar thing applies to... Yeah, a similar thing applies to characters, but probably less so. Like, you know, I'm never interested in playing somebody who 
is just evil for the sake of it and has no redemptive qualities. I mean, obviously exaggerating. I imagine so a lot of people aren't. It's real life experience of being an evil person. Mm-hmm. No yeah, absolutely. So okay. much. Um, yeah, again, oh, I'm sorry, not... For people missing any subtext here, Joe and I are married. I maybe should have said this earlier. We know each Good other job. very well, and I'm very mean to him. I'm not this mean to people I'm not married to. And also, Joe, I think, still enjoys it for the most part. <laughs> sorry, please continue. <laughs> yeah, again, you know, there are some stories I'm not particularly interested in telling, and some that I am. Um, yeah, I think that probably about covers it. I, yeah, I guess all of my characters are probably have some aspect of me to draw on because you know it's pretty difficult to make a character without. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Do you have a thing that accidentally or on purpose all your characters have? The one that keeps coming up is all of Ed's characters are orphans. He doesn't do it on purpose. They just they they all are, or all of mine, whether shy or quiet or noisy. Um, all at some point open their big fat mouth and get themselves into trouble. Do you yeah, have that? Kind I, of I remember. Thing? I remember having a think about this when you, yeah, when we when we were talking about this a while ago. Um, none of my characters are orphans. All of them have very happy alive parents. What? How? I'm aware that's completely breaking the D and D archetype, but you have no I have tragic... never played an orphan character. Does that mean no tragic backgrounds if they're all alive and happy? Some of them have tragic backgrounds, but... But not well, involving not, dead, sad parents. Not involving dead, sad parents or family, yeah. Wow! I think that might... You might be the only person in the world who has played more than one D&D character where this is true. Um, chat, if you've ever heard of anyone else <laughs> weird as Joe, please do mention I'm worried. Um, that's fascinating. Is there a reason for that, do you think? Or Yeah. Again, I think it's... Yeah, I'm not interested in telling a story about someone whose parents have died. That's really, really fair. Um, Yeah, and I guess as a player, it's just working out the story you want to tell. And then, like you say, as a DM, it's working out the story you want to tell and making the choices that you can stand by. But then also pulling in all your players, finding out the stories they do and don't want to tell and make sure they're not treading on anyone else's toes. Yeah, there's... It's one of the things Ali is doing spectacularly well in the game at the moment of finding ways for, yeah, all of our characters' different stories and reasons for being on the ship to weave together and interact in fun ways without, yeah, bringing two into, you know, completely unresolvable conflict. Um, Mm. And yeah, again, it's one of the... Yeah, I think one of the joys of being a DM is getting to... Yeah, take what your players are giving and finding fun ways of, yeah, of weaving them into the stories you're telling, of bringing something that, yeah, taking it in a direction that isn't necessarily what they were expecting, that gives them some fun and surprise there, as well as providing some for the rest of the players. Um, Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I think you're so right. You see lots of very silly Twitter discourse about how you can't possibly run a a scary or a good campaign if you do a session zero when you have lines and veils and safety tools because the horror. I mean, I respect that opinion so much, can't you tell? Um, But I think you're absolutely right. If you are being aware of what everyone finds fun and the stories they want to tell and the stories they really don't, 
then you can still create an incredible surprise for them. You're not going, cool, here is exactly where we're going in a campaign, but you're doing it while everyone's jump scares are entirely happily in fantasy land and you're not giving anyone nightmares. <laughs> I should clarify for the benefit of Ali or anyone else who's DMing me, I, I have no problem with other players being orphans or indeed other characters being orphans. <laughs> I, I definitely cannot claim that every NPC I've ever played as a DM has had happier life parents. Um, yeah, just for characters that I'm playing myself and investing a lot of emotion in. It's, yeah. Fair. Though I'm now assuming that you have an enormous folder of NPCs. <laughs> Lots of them have no information whatsoever. Just the names of their parents. Their parents are alive, happy, well, <laughs> and shoemakers. It's just, it's in the just I'll do that. It'd be a fun, fun aspect. I would enjoy that. Uh, oh, what sort of time are we on? You may not know this, but I take my timekeeping quite seriously. Oh, do you? Interesting. Um, we have time for a. A, re- a moderate-sized question or a very speedy dungeon? Do you have a preference? Moderate-sized question. Moderate yeah, we've done enough dungeon delving. Have we, though? Maybe not. I don't know. I haven't left you, like, dangling upside down with your trousers on your head yet. Um, that is all the way down here. You're, I'm, I'm rolling badly. Um... Ah, that's a question I've just asked you about the accidental character traits. Nice. Let's roll again. And come over here. Ooh, I like this question. This is a good one to finish with. Um, Joe, what is something about your non-D&D life that might surprise us? Maybe not me. I maybe have a head start on that one. Yeah, that, so who can that surprise feels me? I think pretty reasonable. talking as a creator. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually... Uh... <laughs> Peel um, the skin suit to reveal the lizard underneath. No, that's that's you. You are definitely the cold-blooded one in this relationship. That is true. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of us needs to have some circulation. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel I feel called out. I'm very sorry. <laughs> no, um, I ride a unicycle. That will that oh, will probably surprise some people. Obviously not you. I'm very sorry. That's right. Why Why do you ride a unicycle? For how long have you ridden a unicycle? Have you ridden your unicycle in particularly interesting places? Um, I started riding when I was about 12. Uh, a friend taught me how to juggle, and I was at a circus training place to learn some more of that. And they had unicycles. And yeah, I spent a lot of time falling off one, and then eventually got the hang of it. It was a lot of fun. Um, so I can juggle on a unicycle. It does mean I can juggle on a unicycle. Yeah. Um, but yes, I now, as well as occasionally juggling on a unicycle, unicycle to work and for long cycle rides at the weekend, because it's fun. You do. True story. When I started dating Joe, a friend who had known Joe individually to me at university, um, when I said, and you remember Joe, that Joe, we're, we're going out, it's going well. They went, Unicycle Joe, oh my goodness, so Unicycle Joe. And Joe, I will answer for you if you won't. Where is the coolest place you have unicycled to? Uh, I have unicycled from Land's End to John O'Groats when I was a teenager. It was fun. Um, yes. Sorry, I will stop bragging about how great my husband is because nobody wants to see that. And instead, uh, we will. Um... You are inexplicably falling again, Wesley. What's um, with the falling? Faye just doesn't like you. Reasonable. <laughs> you insulted her, not boat. Um, and then um, you land back with a splat 
um, because of the cowpat, not because of you've broken lots of bones mm-hmm. in her foyer that inexplicably has a cowpat. Um, really? No, I suppose that was a little crass. She waves a hand and any vestiges of it do disappear. Thank you. But you'll never know where the key was. I think I'll survive. Yes, you are going to forget all of this in a few seconds, so... Oh, I'll definitely survive then. Great. Yeah, it's less of a ha-ha-ha-ha than I was anticipating at this point. Yeah, you haven't done well, though. I could just keep you here in the room with the keys and just make you look for it for a very long time. I don't have to obey the 60-minute time limit. You could, but I feel like you'd get bored with that. Uh, not as quickly as you would. Maybe. But if you send me back, you know, I'd have some more fun adventures, which I'm sure you'd enjoy watching more than you'd enjoy watching me hunt for keys. I don't know. Can you promise to, you know, make a fool of yourself and ideally put yourself in some mortal peril while you're out there? Doesn't seem entirely out of the question based on how things are going at the moment. So your boat's not so good after all, then, if there's some mortal peril on it. It's a little bit full of slime creatures. Oh, I feel better. Okay, then. Off you pop. Uh, um... And Wesley, um, you head out through the phase, open archways of her foyer, um, back into the definitely fine situation in A Distorted Revelation. Um, Absolutely. all have to find out what happens on Monday. But we know the ship's not going to sink. It's unsinkable. Is there a string quartet? Uh, not yet. Oh, then it might actually be fine. Um, That is very sadly, although maybe fortunately for anyone who's just watched a married couple chat for an hour, um, all we have time for. Thank you once again for joining us for Talking is a Free Action. You will find us here every Friday, 6 to 7 p.m. GMT, um, either with Talking is a Free Action, where we pull in our unsuspecting guests and weave them through our torturous labyrinths of knowledge or where we have talk together which is our slightly more normal um interview chat show and post show roundups and all that kind of thing that's on fridays mondays and tuesdays 6 to 9 p.m we stream our actual D games um where you can follow the adventures of people just like wesley um specifically just like wesley this coming monday and the monday after will be parts three and four of ali's very brilliant a distorted revelation and boats unsinkable boats and on tuesdays we have our ongoing uh, campaign beautifully dm'd by chris fracture which you know i think is quite fun but i am slightly biased um all of this streams at twitch.tv forward slash roll together rpg um vod's are available immediately after the stream to catch up or you can find all of our content on youtube just a few days later don't forget you can find us as a podcast as well um And finally, many thanks once again to our beautiful D20 Club on Patreon. If you'd like to support us, you can do so from as little as one of your local currencies per month. And a huge thank you to all of our sponsors and supporters. Joseph, it's been a pleasure. I have no idea when I will see you again. You are just through that wall. It's tragic. Um, But thank you so much for coming on and being subjected to gentle bullying by your loving wife. Um, I look forward to seeing how the campaign progresses. Good night.